0: Hello and welcome to the Sci Guys, the show where we talk about the crazy, weird and wonderful stories from the science world. I'm Cory and as always I'm joined by my co-host, the lexical Luke Cutforth. Vandabulous! <laughs> I'm
1: so lexical!
0: This week we're talking about canine conversations and pet parlays, but first we have a YouTube comment. This one is actually kind of on theme. It is on the episode that we did, the live one, the ape and the child. Mm. And it says, words are just noises. Any noise could have any meaning. We all agree sit means sit. So dogs also know sit means sit. If we all agreed banana meant sit, we'd all be saying, all right, if I banana here, all right, if I sit here, all right, if I banana here. That's how you say, all right, if I sit here, right? You walk up to someone and you say, all right, if I sit here. Banana here. Oh. You got it wrong. This is why you're a lexical, Luke. Anyway, I've got a question for you, Luke, and for everyone who's listening or watching at home. If you are listening, though, get down to the YouTube comment and answer this question. The question is, do you have any pets?
1: Yes. I, I talked extensively about my pet called, my cat called Mouse in that episode. Well, you should go
0: and listen to that episode if you want to hear more about a cat called Mouse, but we should probably be getting into the episode. So, look, what
1: do you think we're talking about today? God, I've already forgotten. I was so di- distracted by the fact that you just called me lexical, and then you'd used all these words, therefore showing yourself to be lexical, that I didn't actually pay attention to anything you said. So, have you heard of Bunny the dog? Bunny the dog? And you took the piss out of me
0: for having a cat called Mouse? <laughs> Bunny the dog <laughs> You've heard of Bunny the dog, surely We went on a little rant, I say we I very much went on a little rant about Bunny the dog During that live episode that we did So in
1: that live episode you talked about autistic dogs um, That was a thing that I remember Bunny the dog Oh, is this the dog that's like raised With rabbits and therefore thinks it's a rabbit
0: No, this is <laughs> Bunny the dog It's not that, it's a dog that can talk using a soundboard You've seen Bunny uh, the dog You've seen Bunny. Yeah.
1: Want food now
0: Please? Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> That's the, exactly. the TikTok dogs. Yeah, the TikTok dog. Yeah. yeah, so do you know anything about Bunny? Oh, probably not, given that you forgot who Bunny was up until this very
1: moment. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know generally some stuff about these dogs that supposedly are trained to press buttons, but I don't know anything about this specific dog.
0: I love the way that you described that, and we'll get into why later. But yeah, so Bunny is a dog who presses buttons on a soundboard, and these buttons all correspond to different words. And words, as you know, correspond to different concepts. Mm-hmm. Now, when the dog presses the button on the soundboard, it, the, the soundboard, it makes a sound. It's that word, right? So the dog can communicate Prove with the Proving that the dog
1: speaks English.
0: The soundboard speaks English. Um, <laughs> as in it literally speaks out English at you. Yes. The dog is pressing a button. We'll, we'll get onto it later. <laughs> we'll get onto whether that dog is speaking English in a bit. But the idea is that essentially... That lexical. <laughs> the idea is essentially that the dog can talk um, and communicate with you. By pressing buttons to, you know, communicates needs like mm-hmm. need food now or need water now or paw out stranger something like that, right? You know, what's a, happening to that dog? Lots of things apparently. I mean, these. I'm pretty sure these are. Um, the need food now is not an exact example because I don't think things like need um, are on there. It's more, you know, sort of um, paw or outside things like like those kind of concepts that a dog can understand because need. Do dogs
1: understand need? Well, but they do. I know that some of those buttons say want. Yeah. Like want and need. Yeah, there are buttons that say want.
0: I'm not going to lie. Look, in my research of this episode, I, I could not bring myself to watch very many TikToks of that dog because they rile me up they get me just irritated i don't like watching them so i read about them instead but yeah maybe they do have need that seems weird though right like why no, would want you...
1: not need or want sorry yeah why
0: would a dog need to communicate want why couldn't you just have the dog communicate the thing and you figure out if they that's, that's not the point let's get <laughs> let's get into this okay so before we start talking properly about bunny i want to talk about another dog have you heard of sir john lubbock or Lubbock. Is that a dog? It's not a dog. the owner. No, he had a dog. Okay. um. (laughs) Sir John Lubbock. Uh, just shouting that in a park. Right. Sir John Lubbock! (laughs) Come back for dinner! Well, you shout a mouse and look for a cat. So, I don't know. This was from 1884. I've got a paper that's quite literally titled Sir John Lubbock and His Dog. So, the idea here is that he was one of the first people who claimed that his dog could talk. Now, how do you think his dog was talking? Given that you know, this is before soundboards probably would have been invented. Is it
1: one of those things where the dog like um, makes sort of noises that sound roughly like speech? And rough. Ma- <laughs> rough. Uh, and maybe maybe the he like plays with the jaw. I've seen videos of people like going like the dog basically just generates like a uh, noise and then somebody like pushes the draw up and down so that it goes like uh, 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 and then that kind of sounds like words uh, uh, uh.
0: no no, it's not, <laughs> it's not that <laughs> it's strange it's, it is quite strange Luke yeah that was a strange thing that you brought up but looking past it this dog did not talk by having its mouth moved this dog spoke by using cards so there were words that were written on um, you know cards mm. you know, sort of think, I guess kind of think of like sort of flashcards right um, and and the dog would sort of <laughs> pick the ones that they that they wanted so there's phrases like food, bone, water, out pet me um, on pieces of the card or cardboard and then after a bit of training um, the dog was given what it was asking for um, using the card right as in the dog asked for something using the card and you then give the dog what it wants I mean like this there's this is this has been something that has been going on for quite a while. I mean, we've done episodes on talking animals before. Can you think of any animals in the past that we've done an episode on? There's a very, very famous example. I'm wondering if you can remember. Clever hands. Clever hands. Yes. 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 Okay. The good. horse that does math. Is that right? The horse that could. Yeah. The that horse doesn't that doesn't really count. do math. Well, Luke, yeah. How can you? How can you tell he doesn't really do math? Because so. <laughs> that's the point of the story. <laughs> exactly. So this dog seemed to be a similar situation, right? Um, you know, I mean, they they say that the dog could talk. They say that. The the dog could communicate its wants and needs by pointing to these cards with food and 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 whatnot printed on it. Now, we'll get into it a little bit later. But how are you feeling so far? What do you think the what do you think the situation might be with these dogs? That they speak in English or not?
1: Okay, so firstly, no, um, the dog is just associating a certain card and has some form of, like, you know, sight or pattern recognition or Mm. something like that that's meaning it knows which card, and it's associating that with the outcome. And I suppose that's kind of, it's it's not really talking, it's just association, oh, when I touch this card, then I get petted for some reason. I don't know why, but that's just what happens. Cool, I'm not going to question it. I like getting petted. Um, But (laughs) it's like, I think talking, you specifically need to have, like, grammar, and you need to understand the intention behind... Like when I make this sound, this is actually what happens, and I understand sort of why because the other person, mm. rather than just sort of some vague pattern recognition, with the dog is probably just
0: doing exactly. And the, and ultimately with these cards as well, dogs can't read. Can't yes, a dog sorry, can't I, can't I forgot. Read. Yeah, I forgot that bit.
1: Dogs can't <laughs> read. That was crucial as well. Dogs can't read scared <laughs> over that
0: <laughs> Serve it to you you it to you on a platter you knocked that way yes <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so, <laughs> I went on this long paragraph and you just went also dogs can't read yeah oh yes no yeah good so
0: no dogs can't read so you know looking back on this the dog was maybe making associations, as you said. There are some other reasons that we'll get into a little bit later. But dogs can't read, so it's unlikely that this dog was looking at the words on the on the page, knowing what they meant, and using it to communicate a need. I mean, in the same sense that you could train a dog to sort of, you know, um, do any action yes. when it needed to go outside you're just training the dog to hit a, to touch a specific card yeah, there. touch
1: a draw if you want to pee. Yeah. And then it just it, it, you know, it's impressive that the dog can differentiate between the cards. Yeah. That's cool, but Absolutely. it's not necessarily realizing that it's because of the word that's printed on the card or even that it's a word at all.
0: Exactly. And this was in 1884, so it was a long time ago, quite a quite a while ago. You know, I don't want to date this podcast too much by saying how long ago, <laughs> but it was definitely over a century, right? Mm. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, so, you know, looking back on it, I mean, I'm not sure how um, it, how rigorous people could have been to really sort of needle down as to whether this was true or not, or, you know, um, the sort of limitations of this dog. It's, it's much easier now to look at these things and to test these things. But back then, it was, I think, much easier to get away with little bits of fraud here and there, or people not fully checking into your work. Because, hey, it's not easy in 1884 to find out that someone is publishing a paper about their dog or talking widely that their dog can talk whereas now we've got the internet and a talking dog can blow up on tiktok before we get to the talking dog that blew up on tiktok though let's talk about the dog that blew up slightly less slightly before that first dog so bunny wasn't you know the first dog to use a soundboard that wasn't an original idea of bunny's owner bunny's owner saw stella Stella is a dog um, who is owned by a speech pathologist, or a a speech language pathologist, so sort of a speech therapist, Um, and basically this person, um, she works with people, um, she says, of all ages to learn ways to improve their communication. Um, And as a dog owner, as a dog lover, um, when she brought her puppy home in 2018, um, she was Really beginning to know is that there were sort of similarities between how the dog was communicating and how sort of, I guess, toddlers would communicate before they sort of learned how to speak, or mm. babies would sort of communicate before they learned how to speak, rather, right? And now you can teach baby sign language. Um, I know someone who has a child. I know a number of people who have children, actually, and one of these one of these groups of people that have children, their kid knows baby sign, and it's so great to see this like this kid communicating you, you know, doing like, like things like like that and it has a meaning. So, you know, like, there is there is something there to the idea that someone with a less developed brain, like a baby or a dog...
1: <laughs> wow, rude. What? The dog's perfectly developed for a dog.
0: For a dog, but I mean, <laughs> in terms of, you know... <laughs> hey, look, I'd say that a dog has better developed canines than a human does, you know, I, that's and that's what dogs are, that their canine teeth, that's one of their main things. You're so right. But the point being that, you know, that does at least lend credence to the idea that, you know, you can communicate... Um, in other ways, despite not having full access uh, or command of language, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that kind of started off that idea. And because she was noticing all of these sort of similarities, she then sort of brought in her, her sort of area of using adaptive sort of technology, right? So if someone is mute, let's say, they might use a a soundboard Mm -hmm. so whether they're fully mute or selectively mute um you know whether that's down to say um autism or literally any other reason perhaps physical reason anything you can use a soundboard to communicate right and the way that these things work you can even have an app on an ipad that you sort of download where you press a button and it just says the thing Mm -hmm. right um not quite like stephen hawking's uh technology i think that was more sort of like he could
1: because he couldn't use his hands yeah he was twitching his eye mm-hmm. and he was selecting like i think frequently used words and if it wasn't one of the words that he wanted to use he could then go in and spell the word out yeah and it would maybe later versions of it i think it would like autocomplete for a for, like to a certain extent um but yeah slightly different technology or a combination of technologies
0: yeah i mean quite similar to be honest but I, I would say maybe slightly different um than some of the things you might get on an ipad i mean obviously there's speech to text te- sorry text to speech is common on Mm. pretty much every device now so that is you can just type and it will talk but um it's fundamentally like a sort of similar concept there right you've got (laughs) yeah i mean and the way these are set up is really interesting you can have it set up so that you can type something or you tap through to find the appropriate words to communicate um and these things you can communicate really really well i mean i've seen them in action there's a lot a lot on them. Um, we can talk maybe in a little bit about the restriction of those and how that could be a problem because I find that kind of interesting. But the idea here is just to understand that a soundboard is basically if you're for any reason unable to communicate sort of verbally, vocally, um, you can use a soundboard to assist you in communication by pressing the thing and it says words and you can build sentences and communicate needs or you know have a conversation, things like that, right? And now this person, this uh, this, this old Estella's owner, decided, well, hold on, if the dog is communicating with me similarly to how babies communicate before they're fully able to you know, start talking, then why don't I try and use a soundboard to get the dog to communicate its needs to me, right? And that's where that kind of came from. So she obviously has experience with this sort of adaptive uh, equipment. She started off with just a few buttons that the dog could use. So simple things like outside play, water. um, And she said she used the same... Sort of strategies that she used for kids um, in language acqui—or sorry, not acquisition—in language facilitation. It says here, um, and you know, it started off with just you know a few four four or so words, and then it ballooned out to more than forty-five. Now, apparently, the dog can combine up to five different words together to create unique phrases, ask and answer questions, and you know, express thoughts and feelings. Like I'm reading that verbatim. I don't know how true that is, uh, but it, it says literally, I'm going to read some more of this because it's ridiculous. Make observations participate in short conversations and connect with us every single day. Now, that's that's
1: such a leap. And it, if yeah. that's true, then it's incredible because the dog is, that's what I was talking about, about essentially mm-hmm. like the leap of using grammar yeah. um, or like stringing words together to have greater meaning than individual, individual parts. And that's a very specific type of use of language. Now, if the dog is just actually memorised, in the same way it's memorised, this button gets me to go outside... And then this button is food. But if I press the food button and then I press the please button, the food comes a bit quicker mm. or I'm more likely to get food. That's going to look like the dog's stringing together words. But actually, it's just it's just like learned that those two buttons do the thing better than the one yeah. button alone. I don't know, because yeah. it's a very specific claim to say the the dog is combining words to to have conversations.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And this isn't even Bunny. Right. Stella blew up in about 2019 and I think Bunny's owner saw Stella and had sort of just got a new puppy and decided, hey, maybe we should keep, we should teach this dog to talk. And obviously a dog pressing buttons, you know, seeming to be able to talk is, is just it's made for TikTok. Right. Like that's something that is going to blow up. And so Bunny blew up on TikTok you know, thousands, millions of followers. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point over a million. Um, almost certainly. I mean, there were articles from 2020 and I didn't realize that Bunny had been around for so long. There were articles written in 2020 about this, which is about, you know, two and a half, three years ago. It's insane that this dog had been kicking around for this long and people are still thinking this dog is able to talk, you know? Yeah, I I,
1: I think it's because of how, I mean, having seen some of these videos, it's because of how compelling it. Seems mm-hmm. it's it's essentially, as far as I can tell, uh, assuming the dog isn't understanding grammar and understanding mm-hmm. language on, on a sort of higher level than individual
0: words, it's it's a magic trick, right? Right. Cool. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, let, let's bring it back to sort of clever hands. Then, so like, it's a magic trick. I think in the same way that clever hands is a magic trick, yeah. and I don't want to steal your thunder here. I'll just very quickly explain the, sort of the the process behind that. Is that Ultimately, in communication, right, when you're talking, talking to the pet there, and the pet is talking back to you, you can't be sure that the pet is actually understanding the things that they are pressing on that soundboard, not just because, you know, they could have learned it through, um, I guess, association, Mm. but also because they're not in a vacuum, right? They are looking at you and getting feedback from you in the same way that you're looking at them and sort of getting feedback from Mm -hmm. them. So... In, when you look at a dog and you can read its emotions and can be like, oh, am I saying the right thing? Like if you say walk and a dog goes nuts, you know that like if you say, you know, if you say walk, fuck up. So if you say walk and a dog goes nuts, it's almost a similar thing there, but on like a sort of much smaller scale in that I'm looking at you. And if I say something that kind of piques your interest, there might be a little sort of subtle... So will cue there from you. Or, you know, in the same sense that with clever hands, for example, this this horse that could apparently count. The way that it was doing it is it would be given math prob- math problems, it'd be shown the math problems, and, you know, like one plus seven. And then the horse would stomp, you know, eight times, because one plus seven is eight. Now, this horse was looking at the the owner, or lo- not just the owner, but the people there. And if the horse started to approach eight, the people would be like, what? oh my God, it eight. And then it hits eight, and they're like, you did it. <laughs> you, you, look, you Horse, you did it, and the horse would be like, I, "Okay, I'm stopping now because this is now I'm going to get praise." Like, people are far too ready to anthropomorphize animals and project sort of intent onto them without thinking of what is really less satisfying but much more likely outcome. Yeah, that the animal isn't as smart as you think it is in this one particular way that we measure human intelligence but is smarter in another way that we don't tend to consider when considering human intelligence, you know? Manipulating us,
1: <laughs> basically. Which is what the... That's what the cats are doing. It's probably what the dogs are doing as well.
0: I mean, yeah, I, yeah a, li- a little bit, right? I mean, the thing is that I guess people aren't focusing on the fact that there is more to language than just saying sort of a word. And you kind of... You kind of touched on that already, right? You know, I mean, the dog is, yes, pressing buttons and the buttons correspond to words, the words correspond to concepts, but ultimately the dog doesn't need to know about any of that because, I mean, you could train a rat, right, to press a button and then there's an outcome And the rat then associates that button with that outcome. We, In fact, we do that all the time. Exactly. That's that's the basis of many, many experiments. The rat doesn't need to understand that if I press this button, the experimenter will um, test me for something. And in the course of that testing, they will give me a treat. And I like a treat. So if I press this button, no, the the rat is just like, I do thing foods. I I like foods. And and, and, and the association,
1: like from the rat's perspective, like it's trained in its brain to like have food releases whatever hormone in the brain exactly, and then that will increase the likelihood of doing whatever behavior led up to that thing and you see that in the fact that you can then use that to train the rat to do something completely weird and stupid by just giving it a treat that has nothing to do with um what you're doing and also you can see how that whole system can be
0: manipulated that's literally how training rats works as well (laughs) that's how you train rats with treats you give them treats so that they do things because then they expect treats from the. like that's yep. that's how you train animals. And
1: you can also see how that system can be manipulated in the fact that you and and the flaws in that system in that if you there's some experiments with pigeons, you might be able to remember this as well about where if you give a pigeon a treat when it presses a button, then it will press the button sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if you give the pigeon a treat and there's a fifty fifty chance of it getting a button, the pigeon will actually press way more and will just continually doing it, do it. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the, if you've ever seen like The Social Dilemma, that's a sort of basic fundamental psychology that's exploited by social media companies because every time you check your notifications, there, are, there sometimes is a notification, sometimes there isn't. And for whatever reason, that actually turns out to be a hack in our psychology. Like a gamble. That it, yes, it's a gamble. And a gamble's actually, even though, it's less reliable, it's for some reason more addictive. You'd think that if you got a food every time, then you'd be more addicted to the thing. But actually, if you get the food less often, but sometimes it's Mm. more addictive than if you get it every time, which doesn't really make sense. But it's sort of a weird hack in our psychology.
0: So we talk about this on the podcast quite a lot, right? I mean, so people will probably be quite aware of this. We are basically just building on top of everything that came before us right that's kind of how evolution works you'll lose things here and there you'll lose a tail still got that tailbone though but everything is built on top of everything else right and understanding doesn't matter at all and what also doesn't matter is doing the best thing what works is the best thing right the best thing to do is the thing that bloody works it doesn't matter if it is actually the best thing to do statistically you just need to survive long enough to create offspring. So we are now a species that's walking across this earth that doesn't really have an innate understanding of odds, and our command of logic is shoddy at best. You know, all of these things that are kind of like, you know, not the not the sort of like, you know, human sort of mind brain, the kind of lower stuff. It doesn't doesn't matter all of the stuff that we care about now, about you know, odds, logic, all of that. All that matters is surviving long enough to have kids. And I think that's one of those reasons that we look at sort of a dog and our pattern recognition in our brain goes, dog's able to talk.
1: <laughs> dog's able to talk. Yeah, because so much of us is tuned for people. Yeah, right. And the dog's kind of... And the dog has also evolved <clears throat> to specifically hook into... The parts that are of us that probably evolved to deal with people, like looking after a child. The yeah. dog's like, "I'm a baby," and we're like, "Yeah, sure, you can have some of my food, <laughs> and you can stay
0: in my house and sleep on my bed." Exactly, because so yeah. you're a baby.
1: Yeah, you're a human baby. That's dogs what you have kind of got
0: like eyebrows now as well. Have you, have you, <laughs> yeah, have you heard about that? Yeah. The dogs have kind of evolved um, better eyebrows to more Emotes. effectively emote to humans. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So kind of what we're getting at there to kind of not um, to kind of summarize a little bit is that yeah, I mean. People look at these dogs and think dogs talking, but that's not necessarily what's happening. And dogs don't need to be talking or understanding English for that to be interesting, right? Because what this does is give us gives us an insight into the concepts that the dog can understand to some extent, right? So if a dog is able to communicate a need then that means that the dog must on some level understand that need and understand that that need is different from another need, right? They can differentiate. So a dog can differentiate between being hungry, needing to pee, needing to, you know, go number two, for example, let's say, if, you know, if you give it um, three buttons, you know, or four buttons, right? Let's say one says thirsty, one says hungry, one says pee, one says the other one, number two, right? If the dog presses those consistently, you know, and it's accurate, then we understand that the dog must be able to differentiate between those concepts. Now, an interesting th- thing that has come from this is that there are buttons on some of these dogs, I guess, soundboards that say tomorrow, yesterday, today. And that's looking into the sort of idea of, wait, hold on. Do dogs have a sense of time? I mean, they kind of, they, they must have a sense of time. I mean, someone that was studying dogs with separation anxiety um, has kind of got evidence that dogs have a sense of time um, when it comes to when it comes to that. So yeah, dogs should be able to understand time to some degree, but we can use this technology to get a deeper understanding of, you know, the extent of a dog's understanding of certain concepts.
1: When you say that dogs, when they were studying separation anxiety, were you talking about, so there's like this thing about dogs where like dogs can tell the time is the headline. Um, And it turns out that like, I think I'm going off memory of memory here, but something like the scent and the air changed because of the grass um and stuff like that so the dog can sort of tell roughly what time of day it is because of the scents in the air and so if you come home at the same time every day reliably then the the world will smell a certain smell mm. when you come home and so the dog what that turns out is that the dog sort of predicts your coming mm-hmm. home and starts to like kind of look excited um, because it's getting to the time when you would
0: arrive home what i've read is, is they were talking about that that dogs Probably have a concept of duration, so you know, like mm. X amount of time has passed. But I think the key point—the key point—is what they're what they're getting across is that we don't understand how dogs might describe that. So whether it is a case of like, oh, the dogs understand that when when worlds smell like this, the person who looks after me is here. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> whether it's that or dogs have some sort of internal um, sense of duration, or not even necessarily internal, but have some way of sort of, I guess estimating duration and yep. it could be from the, the sort of difference in different uh, sense in the air using that as a sort of marker and things like that um, the point is more that dogs could have a concept of duration but we don't know how they describe it so using words like t- morning, evening, yesterday and tomorrow those are very human concepts right? Like we, we really we really kind of, I think, fall short when we start looking at animals like this. And this is why when sort of laymen do it, it, I think it can be kind of problematic. We fall short because we look at things through a very human lens, like a decidedly human lens. And that's not necessarily the lens that other creatures look through the world with. So that's kind of like, you know, that's kind of touching on why the animals might not be talking and what they could be sort of doing instead. But I kind of want to talk a little bit about language, right, and what the difference between what they're doing is and what language is. A dinga linga ling is that the ad the ad bell sounds different today. I'm not sure what's up. Because it's telling us about a different show. It's not telling us about Psy Guys. It's telling us about After Dark. After Dark is the show that happens after side Guys has ended. Do you know anything about it, Luke? After Dark is a separate show to side Guys. You know in side Guys where we have a conversation,
1: we kind of veer off topic and we kind of need to bring it back on topic because we're doing a topic, but those conversations are
0: also really good in and of themselves. It's a whole show of just that. You mean it's a whole show of just the good, fun bits of side Guys without any of the dirty, boring sci- Science? That's exactly what I'm saying. I hate science. If you're like Luke and you hate science, but love listening to Luke talk, you can go ahead to our Patreon and sign up to After Dark.
1: I have an interesting thing here. Go for it. I think that my best guess would essentially be that the dog is doing roughly the same thing as ChatGPT. <laughs> Not <laughs> go quite the same level as ChatGPT, but essentially um, ChatGPT, if you don't know what it is, it's this... Um, text chat bot it's very good um and you can sort of quote unquote hold conversations with it um and it's essentially a a model of language and and what words it's very strange to explain but basically all it does is it knows what word should come next Mm -hmm. or what word is most likely to come next so if i were to say to you it's a nice day cory yeah Mm-hmm. what you would do as a person is you you might like glance out the window check if you think it is a nice day you might look in your memory to see if you have an opinion of the day and what the weather's like or whatever what
0: Mate, if someone says it's a, it's, it's a nice day that's small talk and so I don't look at anything I go to the small talk part of my brain uh, and you spit out the small talk response yes
1: yeah me too <laughs> yeah but I don't think we're I don't think we're normal people anyway is that
0: not what you're supposed to do uh,
1: in small talk you're not meant to be conscious of that process is the I think the point
0: oh I'm not saying that I'm necessarily <laughs> conscious of it i'm just right. you know like if someone says it's a nice day oh yeah yeah because it doesn't matter what they said they could say oh it's a it's a, a glorious burning day i'd be like yeah yes yes it is, it is. yeah sorry okay. Go on I'm anyway really
1: so if i was to say it's a nice day today Corey, Corey might have some opinion on whether it's a nice day or not whereas what chat does is chat knows that when the last few words were it's a nice day today isn't it the correct response might be to say, yes, it's a nice day. Or the correct might, response might be to say, I am a chatbot designed by OpenAI. I do not have a concept of weather. And it doesn't know what it's saying. It just knows what response is the most statistically appropriate for the things that it last read or s- that you last said or that it last said.
0: That's, that's literally it, though. I think we've yeah. like, actually hit on it. So if you want to understand this, I guess, more easily... The difference here is the difference between small talk and an actual conversation. Mm -hmm. You do not need to understand anything that is happening in the course of a conversation if it's small talk, right? But if it's an actual conversation, oh boy, you need to understand the things that you are saying and are being said back to you. You can be on autopilot. In small talk because it doesn't matter. How are you? Fine. Yeah, you? Good. Yeah, yeah. How how you been? How's the family? Oh they're good, you know. What you been up to? Oh, you know, working, the usual stuff. Mm-hmm. None of that means anything. You don't need to think yeah. you just it 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 just it can bypass your brain, and crucially, if you're if you either weren't very good at small talk or if you're just
1: learning small talk, you might learn "quote unquote" like learn small talk by paying attention to the to the cues that the other person's giving you mm. of like, oh, that was a strange response, and then you'd update in your brain somewhere Oh, that wasn't an appropriate response. For example, sometimes people say it's a nice day, and I, or it's a bad day if it's raining. People say like, oh, it's not very nice day, and I actually really don't like don't, don't mind rain. I quite like rain, so I go, oh, I actually quite like rain. And It turns out that's not. Like, people don't like that. So I've learned <laughs> to not do that now. And so, like, but that, curiously there, is, like, I don't even need, necessarily need to know what I just said. Mm. I'm just getting cues from the other person. Yeah, Whatever you just said there wasn't, it wasn't the rules. It wasn't in their rule set of what small talk is. And in the same way, the dog is could be looking at the person for cues. If I go, like, if the, the person's sitting down and I go, food. And the person's like a bit sluggish and they don't go up, get up straight away. If I then press now mm. or if I press please, then the person goes, oh, oh, you're a little mm-hmm. talking doggy. And yeah. they get up and they give me food. And the now and the please might be ways of like speeding up the command or getting an emotional response from the person.
0: Or even they've only just taught the dog to use now and please to get a thing. Like, oh, food refers to just food. So like if, if they say food, if they just press food, they're like, oh, what about food? Food, mm. like food, where? And they say food now. Then they get food. Yeah. Like, and so in the human's head, you're looking at you're like, oh, now. See, they understand the concept, the difference between food and asking for. No, you've just taught them that you will give them food if they do these two things. Yeah. You know I mean, they yeah. don't need to understand these concepts. For example, if you were to say, you know, um, if I was to take say German, uh, if you were to just give me a bunch of German words, all of the most common words that appear in the course of small talk, um, I would likely be able to without understanding a lick of German figure that one out mm-hmm. you know if you just have all of the words that are there and all you need to do is just press the button and see what the response is you could probably figure that in not too much of time
1: and, and, and just the last thing I want to say on this as well is that the reason why this is this might sound like I'm going dogs are like this random piece of internet software you've heard of that that is actually like more appropriate than you might think mm. because The way that those systems are built these days is by what's called a neural network, which is basically modeling how brains learn Mm. and how brains learn without needing to understand what they're doing or the underlying concepts. They can just learn through sort of trial and error and they sort of build up an understanding and they don't know what they're doing and we don't know always what they're doing.
0: Maybe we can do it after dark on this because I sometimes think about this, about what if you don't understand anything? and you have just tricked yourself into thinking that you understand things purely based on the fact that you've been very lucky in that every single thing that you've done has elicited the right response. Do you know what I mean? So you've
1: just forgotten when they they got the wrong response. You've just, like, (laughs) blocked that out. (laughs) What I mean is that,
0: like, you know, for example, you... (laughs) And this is is a hypothetical, which is why I'm saying it could be an episode of After Dark. It it would be a quite good episode of After Dark, I think. So maybe we'll do this. Right. (laughs) Hypothetically, you could think that you know a language but actually not know it at all right. and have just been quite lucky in, you know what I mean, like saying the right string of phrases yeah. Yeah. Every, single t- yeah. every single
1: time. <laughs> or for example, you could uh, think that you're an absolute genius, um, but actually what it turns out is you're inside of a system which selects someone to be king and, and, and someone's going to make all the right random decisions and then turn out to be like a billionaire and is going to be like, wow, I'm a genius. It just turns out that someone's going to have made those decisions. Someone's going to be the biggest billionaire. And then they're going to look back and go, God, I made all these wonderful decisions. But ultimately, someone's got to have done that. It just
0: happens to be you. Because humans are good at pattern recognition. Because we need to be good at pattern recognition to survive in the wild. That's, that's you know, I mean, pattern recognition yeah. is our thing. It comes into so many different areas of our life. And... Okay, so we've spoken about, I guess, sort of, you know, Bunny the dog. We've spoken about, you know, why um, they're not... Kind of what they're doing instead of actually speaking language. Um, We'll talk about language in just a sec. The last thing I want to touch on is how the owners could be sort of, I guess, influencing these results. Now, bear in mind... The, the number of people or dogs rather the number of dogs that have been involved in sort of this experiment that so far has been two that we've been speaking <laughs> about no 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 hold on there have been experiments run um, there's an experiment being run I think right now with I think upwards of 700 dogs ah. now I don't think it's being run you know in any one place people are being sort of sent these sound boards and given them to the dogs sort of recording the results I think people might go and then study sort of the dogs like you know person to person but or person to dog <laughs> but i'm not 100% sure there's not a huge amount of inf- information on all of this you know um i have looked on the website for theycantalk.org um and they talk about sort of different um studies that they're that they've been doing um they've already done phase 1 and phase 2 where you know it's sort of um, initial data collection and then going on to video collection and analysis now phase 3 is interactive studies um now they this is where they're doing sort of uh, direct controlled tests now, what I think is interesting about this is um, I can't find this page on the website anymore, but it was definitely there at one point. I just, I'm unable to re-get my way through it to find this. The soundboard that people are using. Mm. Now, that was created by a company that one of the people working on theycantalk.org, um, it was created by that person. Um, you know, the, their, their company is selling it. Now, on the website, you can buy one of those soundboards to participate in in their studies, don't worry, don't worry. You can mm. buy other soundboards too. Other soundboards are available, mm. but there is an incentive to buy their soundboard. In fact, in an article, it literally said they have an incentive to buy their soundboard. So they're selling soundboards to people to join their experiments um, and also to communicate with their pet. Which of course, people love the idea of being able to talk to their dog. If you were, if I was to sell you um, a little a little hat that you put on your cat and the cat could talk to you, you would love that. I'm I sure I would love that. Yes, but. It seems a little bit odd to me that the people who are running these experiments are also selling, you know, um, these soundboards. Now, someone involved in it is um, not taking any money from the experiment itself. They're saying, I'm not going to take any money from this experiment to sort of, you know, um, uh, evade this sort of conflict of interest. I'm not, uh, there's not going to be a conflict of interest because I'm not going to make money from the experiment, but we are going to be directing people to buy these soundboards that one of the people involved in all of this does directly kind of benefit from. Also, Bunny the dog pretty sure she's an influencer um, on a sort of, what, what's the sort of thing where, you know, like a ambassador. Does she have of an affiliate Yeah, for the, for the soundboards, at least at one point. <laughs> I don't know if that's still the case now, but it just does seem a little bit odd to me that the people who are, re- the scientists who are really pushing that these dogs genuinely can communicate, um, you know, in language, in the way that, you know, we understand language um, against most of the rest of the scientific community, the ones that are saying this, could kind of stand to benefit from it financially. No way. It's kind of a, a bit weird. So there's that element of what it. A, what a hot um, take. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you could have a thing there where, you know, maybe all of the things where all the times where a bunny presses the wrong buttons or doesn't communicate effectively just doesn't make it online, right? You'd have a situation like that. But worse, not worse than that, but, you know, um, almost as bad as that, worse in a different way, I would say, is a sort of more clever hand situation where, um, or I guess the opposite of a clever hand situation. Instead of sort of, um, I guess, giving cues... ...to the the horse to tell it what to do. In this case, a dog can press three buttons. And your little stupid pattern recognition brain... ...that's supposed to figure out whether this fruit is going to kill you or not... ...or whether that thing over there is a snake or a branch, right? Your little pattern recognition... Or like, hmm, if I I do this, actually, then this good outcome for me happens. Your little pattern recognition brain that does all of that stuff... ...it sees the dog press three buttons... ...and what does it do? It makes a story out of the three buttons, because that's what human brains do. Human brains, we look at the stars and we see animals in them. These mm. constellations. We have we have bears that were tossed into the sky. We have a hunter. We have countless gods made up from these tiny specks that are actually burning, exploding balls of hydrogen and helium and countless other things in the sky. So it makes sense that if you see a dog press three buttons, you're gonna you're gonna make a story. Like, oh the dog wants to go outside. Maybe the dog is just happy to go outside because dogs like going outside. Maybe the dog um was gonna accept food because, hey, if you give a dog food, most of the time the dog will eat the bloody food. It doesn't matter if the dog is hungry or not. If the dog presses the food button and gets food, dog's probably gonna eat food. But you and your your stupid little human brain, you're gonna see that and be like, oh, well, that must mean that the dog He's wanting food and so is telling me that. And actually, the dog must be hurting. That's why it's pressing stranger, paw. Like, it, it, the dog doesn't need to understand any of this stuff because you can build a story in your head to explain everything right like religion bloody exists we are tossed into this universe where there is no explanation for anything and we have all come up with different ways of understanding that some people have the idea of a god that has made everything and dictates everything some have ideas of pantheons of god some people have ideas of different spiritual things but the fact is that we make up stories and patterns from the little data points that we have even when we've got barely anything is it more likely that our brains are doing that to some random sounds that a dog is pressing, that it's associated with things that it likes? Or is it more likely that we've gone through all of human history and not figured out that actually dogs can speak English? They're just literally not able to make the, the, the movements with their mouth. Which one do you think is more likely? Curry, bad man. <laughs> dog can speak. <laughs> Shut up now. <laughs> oh my point being that Shut up now. <laughs> my point being that through no fault of their own, you know, because they've got such a connection with their doll, because they want them to speak, you can fill in a lot of the blanks. And it doesn't take a lot in the same way that sort of cold reading works, right? You know how cold reading where mm. you go to a person they say I'm I can getting speak. an S. Yeah. I can speak to your ass. I can speak to your dead family. Yep. Someone in this room um someone died, perhaps a mother or a grandfather. I'm thinking someone older. Hey, there was they were saying something about money. They're saying they're saying something about money. You know, the most common thing that people <gasps> worry about uh, especially when someone dies. Goodness right? me. Um, You've got it. Cold reading works because you can just toss out little bits of information and someone will be like, "Oh, that applies to me." Yeah, and then they'll fill in the blanks for you. It's the same thing with the dog, except the dog is doing cold reading without even <laughs> intending to do it because people are really easy to trick in that way. Um, but so, you know, like there's, there's all of that, <laughs> all of that stuff there. Before we go, why don't we quickly just talk a little bit about language and what it is and isn't, right? So language, what's the difference between pressing some buttons um, and stringing together a, a couple buttons, you know, um, a couple sort of sounds from a soundboard and what we do? language, what we've done for this entire episode of the podcast.
1: Yeah, we've been doing quite a lot, haven't we? And we've not even used soundboards. It's really quite
0: impressive. Um, So (laughs) Luke actually is just a soundboard. I'm not going to lie. Like, he doesn't talk on most episodes. I'm just just furiously frantically typing away here and just pressing all the random different buttons to make him seem like he's talking. You can't see the wires on the back of my head. (laughs) Corey's got very quick
1: fingers. He's typing out very quickly. Look at him go. He's so fast. Um, I think the difference is that when you are talking, you are able to string together words in novel and interesting ways that you've never heard before Mm -hmm. something along those lines
0: yeah i think that i think one of the key differences is that you know words can modify each other in sort of as you say sort of novel ways right Mm -hmm. so um it's not just a building block situation when you think about language right if you really really think about it it's not just put word together in a sentence Mm if you put words together in a sentence, they modify the meanings of the other concepts, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I can't think, I'm struggling to think of an exact example here. But, you know, there's, when you've got grammar, different little bits of sound can change what things mean, you know? Because of grammar, there's a difference between, you know, I go to bed, um, and I went to bed, and I'm going to bed, and I, like, you know, and when I say, I go to bed... Mm -hmm. That, that means that I regularly go to bed. Yes. If I say I am going to bed, that means I am going to my bed. Unless it's with like at seven o'clock, I go to bed. Yeah, exactly. Like there's you know there's wow you can, so complicated. <laughs> you can modify things very sort of slightly with different uh, different things. There, we could maybe do an entire episode on language itself. Yeah. This is just, a, I guess, a little taster. I'd love to strap on a
1: like a little hat. Sorry. You th- I'm not talking about strap-ons. What are you on about? I
0: didn't know where you were going with like. Please continue. Look.
1: I'd love to strap some kind of like... <laughs>
0: what are you looking at me like that? What does strap mean? What am I accidentally strap saying? Strap means strap-on. When you said I'd love to strap, I thought okay. you meant... It, okay. like, I'd
1: love to peg. i'm I'm chaining words together in a new and novel way, which i <laughs> have never heard before um so I'd love to put something on a dog's head there, there must be ways like i like a like a an m r i thing mm-hmm. or something there, there must be ways or like some kind of signal that you can measure that like um that reliably goes off if you're presented with something novel or surprising like that Mm. at least to a certain extent would be a fairly basic thing about the brain for example even like pupil dilation if you're presented with something surprising your pupils might Mm -hmm. dilate because your brain wants to take in more information because it's surprised by what it's seeing right um i'd love to do that um with with a dog for example where if you can if you can find a reliable way of seeing the dog surprised by something and do something over a course of a few weeks like Um, if it has a word, for example, blanket, right? Um, And and also understands the concept of warm, and you could Mm -hmm. give it a blanket that's warm, and you can go warm, blanket, warm, blanket, every time Mm -hmm. you give it the blanket, right? And then you could sometimes give it the blanket and it's not warmed up, and you say blanket, and the dog, and then the dog is now no longer surprised. It knows what to expect when when warm blanket comes out, and knows what to expect when blanket comes out. Now it also has a button for food, and you give it food, 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 food every day for a long time. Then give it warm food, and warm the food yeah. up. <clears throat> and then if there's some reliable way of the dog being surprised,
0: then the dog doesn't understand language. This is what I was about to. <laughs> this is like the, literally the last thing I was about to say so, to tie this whole episode together as well. Is that That's one of the main things of language. It's not just saying something at you. It's understanding a concept that someone has given to you. To cue
1: your expectations so you're not surprised.
0: No, this is something that I think is insane about language. And it's one of the reasons that humans have been able to do what we do. We can, you know, it's a very, very rare thing in, you know, the animal kingdom, I'm pretty sure, is being able to pass down information reliably through mm, generations. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, um, I'm pretty sure like you know, chimps can do that, um, crows can do that, and, you know, a, bun- a bunch of other animals can sort of do that, but not necessarily quite in the way that humans can do that. Someone can have been, like, you can have someone who was dead for, um, you can have someone who has been dead for a thousand years, and if I can speak the language that they spoke, if I can understand their writing, and even if I can't understand their writing, if I can decipher their language in some way, I can gain information that I would not have any access to otherwise. You know, someone could be 2000 years apart from me in time. That's insane. There is no way for me to, you know, from like you know, um for something that doesn't understand language, there's not really any way for me for them to gain any information from that mm. being 2000 years in the past. But because of language, because of the written word, we are able to do that. You know, I mean, I can what we're doing right now, I'm sitting here talking to you, you're sitting here talking to me, we are talking about concepts, and all of the people listening and watching at home, if they've never heard of this sort of stuff before, or if we're talking about new things to them, suddenly we're making connections in their brain and they're mm. understanding new concepts that they did not understand before. You know, just through language, I can give you the idea, like I can describe to you the moon. Now, you could have, I could lock you in a box for your entire life, and then describe to you the moon and the sun and the stars and all of that nonsense, and then you would still have a concept of that thing despite having never been able to experience it. Whereas with Bunny the dog, do you think it works both ways where, like, you know, you press the buttons enough and and, and Bunny can understand, you know, what you're trying to convey to her? I guess that's what we want to know, but I highly doubt it. I doubt it. And look, I would love if animals could talk. I would love that. I just, they, they can definitely communicate, you know? Yeah. But as far as we're aware, they just don't, the Most most animals, maybe all animals, don't have the ability to sort of converse in the way that humans do. Because that sort of language processing is, it's a massive, mm-hmm. massive energy sort of, you know, like you need to spec into that a lot. Mm-hmm. Your brain needs to be sort of built around it. I mean, just think about how naturally we read things. Like, I can see the Side Guys logo to my right. And if I just so much as glance at it, my brain says, Sci Guys. Yeah. Because it's reading it automatically. And I think it's crucial
1: for us to say, you said something there, which I think is crucial to just hammer home, is that we're not saying that the dog is not communicating. Oh no! When yeah. the, if the dog is actually hungry and is experiencing hunger and knows that when it presses the hunger mm. button, hungry button and hungry now, hungry please, hungry want food, mm-hmm. and it knows that, and we then feed it, it has communicated with us. In the same Mm -hmm. way that if it whines and walks to its food bowl, it has communicated with us. Mm -hmm. It's let us know its internal state, um, and and so that we can then do something. That is communication, and dogs do do that. um, But it's not the same as understanding language is the really crucial distinction and
0: one last thing just to get on to the point um just before someone is in the comments sort of asking this question now I was saying you can teach uh if, if you could teach a concept to a dog that would maybe suggest that they have a, an understanding of language now people might be saying well what about sit and and teaching dogs different commands um yeah you can teach a dog command sit you know um, uh, uh, roll over uh, speak all of that sort of stuff mm. I think I, I was looking at some studies here and it kind of, they kind of found that dogs don't necessarily differentiate between this, that sort of vowel sound. That's why, if you think about it, your commands can't be too similar to each other because mm-hmm. the dog isn't tuned in to hear the sort of differences that we're able to hear. Like, I, if I'm talking to you, Luke, if you were to say sit and set or sit and set or, you know, set and... or, or salt and suit, yeah, I can hear all those different differences. I can hear all those different sounds, those subtle differences in the way that your mouth shape is. Dogs are less attuned to those differences. So... Yeah they're not necessarily going to be able to understand like literal human language in the way that we are but also like are their brains built for these these concepts Fine that we distinctions. have distinctions yeah exactly you know dogs don't need to have the understanding of the world that we have right that sort of self-awareness and all that and so they don't r- really seem to have it yeah they've got they've got awareness and intelligence in certain ways but Language is much bigger than I think people think it is. You know, it's more than just communicating a simple need. You know, it's more than being taught a simple command. Language is is complex and vast and beautiful. And it's okay that animals can't really get the grasp of it that we have got, because it's one of the unique things that we have, you know, like it's one of the things that makes us really, really different and really, really cool. And hey, even if we find out that animals can do that, who cares? It's a really cool thing in and of itself. But that is the end of the episode now. We should probably get on to a quick five quiz. Ah,
1: dun 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 dun. Talking dogs that actually do talk and can speak language, and Cory's a big killjoy addition. <laughs>
0: So the rules of the quiz are the same as always. I will ask one question, and if you get the question right before Luke gets it right, then you win. What do they win, Luke? They win a talking dog. I'm not...
1: No. We you will mean, train one for you. Corey will train one for you, and then you will get it in the mail. I don't think that's legal.
0: I... You know what? Sure. Whatever. Okay, so the question for you is... Are you ready, Luke? I am ready. <laughs> now. Please ask me. The question for you is...
1: <laughs> yes?
0: I don't know why I'm waiting so long When was Stella brought home? Blimey! Ah! 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 2019! Oh! 2018! Close, oh. but no cigar, I'm afraid. Well, that is it from us this week. But before we go, we would like to say thank you to all of our pages with an extra special thank you to exec producers Dinito and Glitch Rabbit, and thank you for watching. You can find the full references for this episode down in the description. Subscribe for new episodes every Sunday, and why not leave us a nice wee comment? support the pod at patreon.com forward slash SciGuys, or you can find and contact us at SciGuysPod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and at SciGuys on TikTok too! <sighs> or you can send us an email at SciGuysPod at gmail.com that's
1: Psyguyspod at gmail.com Psyguyspod at gmail.com you can follow me at not Corey everywhere you can I'm not doing this anymore you can follow me at Luke Cutforth everywhere goodbye goodbye <laughs>